0: Chapter 6, Book 2 of Rookwood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Paul Curran. Rookwood by William Harrison Ainsworth. Book 2, Chapter 6 The Apparition Gibbet. Well, gentlemen, it is a fine night for our enterprise. Houndslow, Dark as hell. Bagshot. And blows like the devil. Bonnyface. You have no creature to deal with but the ladies. Gibbet. And I can assure you, friend, there's a great deal of address and good manners in robbing a lady. I am the most of a gentleman that way that's ever travelled the road. Bow Stratagem. Accompanied by her son, Lady Rookwood, on quitting the Chamber of the Dead, returned to her own room. She then renewed all her arguments, had recourse to passionate supplications, to violent threats, but without effect. Ranulph maintained profound silence. Passion, as it ever doth, defeated its own ends, and Lady Rookwood, seeing the ill effect her anger would probably produce, gradually softened the asperity of her manner and suffered him to depart. Left to herself, and to the communings of her own troubled spirit, her fortitude, in a measure, forsook her, under the pressure of the difficulties by which she was environed. There was no plan she could devise, no scheme adopt, unattended with peril. She must act alone, with promptitude and secrecy. To win her son over was her chief desire, and that, at all hazards, she was resolved to do. But how? She knew of only one point on which he was vulnerable, his love for Eleanor Mowbray. By raising doubts in his mind, and placing fresh difficulties in his path, she might compel him to acquiesce in her machinations as a necessary means of accomplishing his own object. This she hoped to effect. Still, there was a depth of resolution in the placid stream of Ranulph's character, which she had often noticed with apprehension. Aware of his firmness, she dreaded lest his sense of justice should be stronger than his passion. As she wove these webs of darkness, fear, hitherto unknown, took possession of her soul. She listened to the howling of the wind, to the vibration of the rafters, to the thunder's roar and the hissing rain, till she, who never trembled at the thought of danger, became filled with vague uneasiness. Lights were ordered, and when her old attendant returned, "'Lady Rookwood fixed a look so wistful upon her "'that Agnes ventured to address her. "'Bless you, my lady,' said the ancient handmaiden in trembling. "'You look very pale, and no wonder. "'I feel sick at heart too. "'Oh, I shall be glad when they return from the church, "'and happier still when the morning dawns. "'I can't sleep a wink, can't close my eyes, "'but I think of him.' "'Of him?' "'Of Sir Piers, my lady, for though he's dead,' I don't think he's gone. How? Why, my lady, the corruptible part of him's gone, sure enough, but the incorruptible, as Dr. Small calls it, the spirit, my lady. It might be my fancy, your ladyship, but as I'm standing here, when I went back into the room just now for the lights as I hope to live, I thought I saw Sir Piers in the room. You are crazed, Agnes. No, my lady, I'm not crazed. It was mere fancy, no doubt. Oh, it's a blessed thing to live with an easy conscience, a thrice blessed thing to die with an easy one, and that's what I never shall, I'm afeard. Poor Sir Piers! I'd mumble a prayer for him if I durst. Leave me, said Lady Rookwood, impatiently, and Agnes quitted the room. What if the dead can return? thought Lady Rookwood. All men doubt it. Yet all men believe it. I would not believe it. Were there not a creeping horror that overmasters me, When I think of the state beyond the grave? That intermediate state, for such it be, Where the body lieth mouldering in the ground, And the soul survives to wander unconfined Until the hour of doom. And doth the soul survive when disenthralled? Is it dependent on the body? Does it perish with the body? These are doubts I cannot resolve. But if I deemed there was no future state— this hand should at once liberate me from my own weakness, my fears, my life. There is but one path to acquire that knowledge which once taken, can never be retraced. I am content to live while living to be feared, it may be hated when dead, to be contemned, yet still remembered. Ha! <gasps> what sound was that? A stifled scream, Agnes, without there, she's full of fears. I'm not free from them myself, but I will shake them off. This will divert their channel, continued she, drawing from her bosom the marriage certificate. This will arouse the torpid current of my blood. Piers Rookwood to Susan Bradley. And by whom was it solemnized? The name is Checkley, Richard Checkley. Ah! I bethink me a papist priest, a recusant, who was for some time an inmate of the hall. I have heard of this man. He was afterwards imprisoned, but escaped. "'He's either dead or in a foreign land. "'No witnesses. "'Tis well. Methinks Sir Piers Rookwood did well to preserve this. "'I shall light his funeral pyre. "'Would he could now behold me as I consume it!' "'She held the paper in the direction of the candle, "'but ere it could touch the flame, "'it dropped from her hand, "'as if her horrible wish had been granted "'before her stood the figure of her husband. "'Lady Rookwood started not, No sign of trepidation or alarm, save the sudden stiffening of her form, was betrayed. Her bosom ceased to palpitate, her respiration stopped, her eyes were fixed upon the apparition. The figure appeared to regard her sternly. It was at some little distance within the shade cast by the lofty bedstead. She could distinctly discern it. There was no ocular deception. It was attired in the costume Sir Piers would want to wear, a hunting dress, all that her son had told her rushed to her recollection. The phantom advanced, its countenance was pale and wore a gloomy frown. "'What would you destroy?' demanded the apparition in a hollow tone. "'The evidence of—' "'What?' "'Your marriage.' "'With yourself, accursed woman.' "'With Susan Bradley.' "'What's that I hear?' shouted the figure in an altered tone. "'Married to her!' then Luke is legitimate and heir to his estate. Whereupon the apparition rushed to the table and laid a very substantial grasp upon the document. A marriage certificate, ejaculated the spectre. Here's a piece of luck. It ain't often in our lottery life we draw a prize like this. One way or the other, it must turn up a few cool thousands. Restore that paper, villain, exclaimed Lady Rookwood. Recovering all the audacity natural to her character the instant she discovered the earthly nature of the intruder, restore it, or by heaven you shall rue your temerity. Softly, softly, replied the pseudo phantom, with one hand pushing back the lady, while the other conveyed the precious document to the custody of this nether man. Softly, said he, giving the buckskin pocket a slap. Two words to that, my lady. I know its value as well as yourself. "'and must make my market. "'The highest offer has me, your ladyship, "'but he's a poor auctioneer that knocks down his ware "'when only one bidder is present. "'Luke Bradley, or as I find he is now, "'Sir Luke Rookwood, may come down more handsomely. "'Who are you, ruffian, and to what end is this masquerade assumed? "'If for the purpose of terrifying me into compliance "'with the schemes of that madman Luke Bradley, "'whom I presume to be your confederate, "'your labour is misspent,' Your stolen disguise has no more weight with me than his forged claims. Forged claims? Egad! He must be a clever hand to have forged that certificate. Your ladyship, however, is in error. Sir Luke Rookwood is no associate of mine. I am his late father's friend. But I have no time to bandy talk. What money have you in the house? Be alive! You are? A robber, then? Not I. I am a tax-gatherer, a collector of rich rates. Ha! 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 "'What plate have you got? "'Nay, don't be alarmed. "'Take it quietly. "'These things can't be helped. "'Better make up your mind to do it without more ado. "'Much the best plan. "'No screaming. "'It may injure your lungs and can alarm nobody. "'Your maids have done as much before. "'It's beneath your dignity to make so much noise. "'So you will not heed me as you will?' "'Saying which, he deliberately cut the bell cord "'and drew out a brace of pistols at the same time. "'Agnes!' shrieked Lady Rookwood, "'now seriously alarmed. "'I must caution your ladyship to be silent,' said the robber, "'who, as our readers will no doubt have already conjectured, "'was no other than the redoubted Jack Palmer. "'Agnes is already disposed of,' said he, cocking a pistol. "'However, like your deceased lord and master, I may appear, "'you will find you have got a very different spirit "'from that of Sir Piers to deal with. "'I am naturally the politest man breathing.' "'I've been accounted the best-bred man on the road "'by every lady whom I've had the honour of addressing, "'and I should be sorry to sully my well-earned reputation "'by anything like rudeness. "'I must use a little force of the gentlest kind. "'Perhaps you will permit me to hand you a chair. "'Bless me, what a wrist your ladyship has got. "'Excuse me if I hurt you, but you are so devilish strong. "'But, ho, Sir Piers Rookwood calls.' "'Ready!' cried a voice. "'That's the word!' rejoined another. "'Ready!' And immediately, two men, their features entirely hidden by a shroud of black crepe, accoutred in rough attire, and each armed with pistols, rushed into the room. "'Lend a hand!' said Jack. Even in this perilous extremity, Lady Rookwood's courage did not desert her. Anticipating their purpose, ere her assailants could reach her, She extricated herself from Palmer's grasp and rushed upon the foremost so unexpectedly that, before the man could seize her, she snatched a pistol from his hand and presented it at the group with an aspect like that of a tigress at bay, her eye wandering from one to the other, as if selecting a mark. There was a pause of a few seconds, in which the men glanced at the lady and then at their leader. Jack looked blank. "'Hem,' said he, coolly, "'this is something new, disarmed, "'defied by a petticoat. "'Hark ye, Rob Rust, "'the disgrace rests with you. "'Clear your character by securing her at once. "'What? Afraid of a woman?' "'A woman!' repeated Rust in a surly tone. "'Devilish like a woman, indeed. "'Few men could do what she has done. "'Give the word, and I fire. "'As to seizing her, "'that's more than I'll engage to do.' "'You are a coward,' cried Jack, "'I will steer clear of blood, if I can help it. "'Come, madam, surrender, like the most sensible part of your sex. "'At discretion, you will find resistance of no avail.' "'And he stepped boldly towards her. "'Lady Rookwood pulled the trigger. "'The pistol flashed in the pan. "'She flung away the useless weapon without a word. (laughs) "'Ha, ha, ha!' said Jack, "'as he leisurely stooped to pick up the pistol, "'and approached her ladyship. "'The bullet is not yet cast, that is to be my billet.' "'Here,' he said, dealing rust a heavy thump on the shoulder with the butt-end of the piece, "'take back your snapper, and look, you prick the touch-hole, "'or your barking-iron will never bite for you. "'And now, madam, I must take the liberty of again handing you to a seat. "'Dick Wilder, the cord, quick. "'It distresses me to proceed to such lengths with your ladyship, "'but safe-bind, safe-find, as Mr. Coach would say. "'You will not bind me, ruffian!' Your ladyship is very much mistaken. I have no alternative. Your ladyship's wrist is far too dexterous to be at liberty. I must furthermore request of your ladyship to be less vociferous. You interrupt business, which should be transacted with silence and deliberation. Lady Rookwood's rage and vexation at this indignity were beyond all bounds. Resistance, however, was useless, and she submitted in silence the cord was passed tightly around her arms when it flashed upon her recollection for the first time that Coates and Turconnell, who were in charge of her captive in the lower corridor, might be summoned to her assistance. This idea no sooner crossed her mind than she uttered a loud and prolonged scream. "'Steve!' cried Jack. "'Civility is wasted here. Give me the gag, Rob." "'Better slippers, squeaking pipe at once!' replied Rust, drawing his clasp knife." "'She'll thwart everything.' "'The gag, I say. Not that.' "'I can't find the gag,' exclaimed Wilder savagely. "'Leave Rob Rust to manage her. "'He'll silence her, I'll warrant you, "'while you and I rummage the room.' Die, leave her to me,' said the other miscreant. "'Go about your business, and take no heed. "'Her hands are fast, she can't scratch. "'I'll do it with a single gash. "'Send her to join her lord, whom she loves so well, "'before he's underground. "'They'll have something to see when they come home "'from the master's funeral.' "'Their mistress cut and dry for another. (laughs) "'Mercy! Mercy!' shrieked Lady Rookwood. "'Aye! Aye! I'll be merciful,' said Rust, "'brandishing his knife before her eyes. "'I'll not be long about it. Leave her to me. "'I'll give her a taste of Sir Sidney.' "'No, no, Rust.' "'No bloodshed,' said Jack, authoritatively. "'I'll find some other way to gag the jade.' At this moment, a noise of rapid footsteps was heard within the passage. "'Assistance comes!' "'Screamed Lady Rookwood. "'Help! Help! "'To the door!' cried Jack. "'The words were scarcely out of his mouth "'before Luke dashed into the room, "'followed by Coates and Tyrconnel "'Palmer and his companions "'leveled their pistols at the intruders, "'and the latter would have fired, "'but Jack's keen eye having discerned Luke "'amongst the foremost, "'checked further hostilities for the present. "'Lady Rookwood, meanwhile, "'finding herself free from restraint, "'rushed towards her deliverers, and crouched beneath Luke's protecting arms, which were extended, pistol in hand, over her head. Behind them stood Titus Toconnell, flourishing the poker, and Mr. Coates, who, upon the sight of so much warlike preparation, began somewhat to repent having rushed so precipitately into the lion's den. "'Luke Bradley!' exclaimed Palmer, stepping forward. "'Luke Bradley!' "'Echoed Lady Rookwood, recoiling and staring into his face. "'Fear nothing, madam,' cried Luke. "'I'm here to assist you. "'I will defend you with my life.' "'You defend me?' exclaimed Lady Rookwood doubtfully. "'Even I,' cried Luke, strange as it may sound. "'Holy powers, protect me!' ejaculated Titus. "'As I live, it is Sir himself!' "'Sir echoed Coates, "'catching the infection of terror "'as he perceived Palmer more distinctly. "'What?' is the dead come to life again? A ghost! A ghost! By my soul! cried Titus. It's the first ghost I ever heard that committed a burglar in its own house, and on the night of the body's burial, too. But who the devil are these? Maybe they're ghosts likewise. They are, said Palmer, in a hollow tone, mimicking the voice of Sir Piers. Attendant spirits, we are come for this woman. Her time is out. So no more palavering, Titus. Lend a hand to take her to the churchyard, and be hanged to you.' "'Upon my conscience, Mr. Coates,' cried Titus. "'It's either the devil or Sir We'll be only in the way here. He's only just settling his old scores with his lady. I thought it would come to this long ago. We'd best be to retreat.' Jack took advantage of the momentary confusion created by this incidental alarm at his disguise to direct Rust towards the door which the newcomers had entered, and this being accomplished, he burst into a loud laugh. "'What? Not know me?' cried he. "'Not know your old friend with a new face, Luke. "'Not you, Titus, nor you, who I see through a millstone lawyer coats. "'Don't you recognize?' "'Jack Palmer, as I am a sinner!' cried Titus. "'Why, this beats Bannigan. "'Ah, Jack, honey, what does this mean? "'Is it yourself I see in such company? "'You're not robbing in earnest?' "'Indeed what I am, friend Titus,' exclaimed Jack. "'And it is my own self, you see. "'I just took the liberty of borrowing Sir "'Sapir's old hunting coat from the Justice Room. "'You said my toggery wouldn't do for the funeral. "'I'm no other than plain Jack Palmer, after all.' "'With half a dozen aliases at your back, I dare say,' cried Coates, "'I suspected you all along. "'All your praise of highwaymen was not lost upon me. "'No, no, I can see into a millstone, be it ever so thick.' "'Well,' replied Jack, "'I am sorry to see you here, friend Titus. "'Keep quiet, and you shall come to no harm. "'As to you, Luke Bradley, "'you have anticipated my intention by half an hour. "'I meant to set you free. "'For you, Mr. Coates, "'you may commit all future care of your affairs "'to your executors, administrators, and assigns. "'You will have no further need to trouble yourself "'with worldly concerns,' added he, "'leveling a pistol at the attorney, "'who, however, shielded himself "'in an agony of apprehension behind Luke's person.' "'Stand aside, Luke!' "'I stir not,' replied Luke. "'I thank you for your good intention, and will not injure you. "'That is, if you do not force me to do so, "'I am here to defend her ladyship.' "'What's that you say?' returned Jack in surprise. "'Defend her ladyship with my life,' replied Luke. "'Let me counsel you to depart.' "'Are you mad? "'Defend her? Lady Rookwood, your enemy? "'Who would hang you?' "'Tut-tut! Stand aside, I say, Luke Bradley, or look to yourself. "'You had better consider well ere you proceed,' said Luke. "'You know me of old. "'I have taken odds as great and not come off the vanquished.' "'The odds are even,' cried Titus. "'If Mr. Coates will but show fight, "'I'll stand by you to the last, my dear boy. "'You're the right son of your father, though on the wrong side. "'Och! Jack Palmer, my jewel! "'No wonder you resemble Dick Turpin!' "'You hear this?' cried Luke. "'Hot-headed fool!' muttered Jack. "'Why don't you shoot him on the spot?' said Wilder. "'And ma, my own chance,' thought Jack. "'No, that will never do. "'His life is not to be thrown away. "'Be quiet,' said he, in a whisper to Wilder. "'I've another card to play, "'which shall serve us better than all the plunder here. "'No harm must come to that youngster. "'His life is worth thousands to us.' "'Then, turning to Luke, he continued, "'I'm loth to hurt you, yet what can I do?' "'You must have the worst of it if we come to a pitch battle. "'I therefore advise you, as a friend, to draw off your forces. "'We are three to three, it is true, but two of your party are unarmed.' "'Unarmed!' interrupted Titus. "'Devil burn me! "'This iron shillelagh shall convince you the contrary, Jack, or any of your friends!' "'Make ready then, my lads!' cried Palmer. "'Stop a minute!' exclaimed Coates. "'This gets serious!' It will end in homicide, in murder. We shall all have our throats cut to a certainty, and though these rascals will certainly be hanged for it, that will be poor satisfaction to the sufferers. Had we not better refer the matter to arbitration? "'I'm for fighting it out,' said Titus, whisking the poker round his head like a flail in action. "'My blood's up. Come on, Jack Palmer. I'm for you.' "'I should vote for retreating,' chattered the attorney. "'if that cursed fellow had not placed a nay at the door!' "'Give the word, Captain,' replied Rust, impatiently. "'Aye, aye!' echoed Wilder. "'A skilful general always parlates,' said Jack. "'A word in your ear, Luke, ere that be done which cannot be undone.' "'You mean me no treachery?' returned Luke. Jack made no answer, but, uncocking his pistols, deposited them within his pockets. "'Shoot him!' "'As he advances,' whispered Coates, "'he's in your power now.' "'Scoundrel,' replied Luke, "'do you think me as bait as yourself?' "'Hush, hush, for God's sake, don't expose me,' said Coates. Lady Rookwood had apparently listened to this singular conference with sullen composure, though in reality she was racked with anxiety as to its results, and, now apprehending that Palmer was about to make an immediate disclosure to Luke, she accosted him as he passed her. "Unbind me!' cried she. "'And what you wish shall be yours! Money! Jewels! Ha! Huh? May I depend? I pledge my word!' Palmer untied the cord, and Lady Rookwood, approaching a table whereon stood the escritoire, touched a spring, and a secret drawer flew open. "'You do this of your own free will?' asked Luke. "'Speak, if it be otherwise.' "'I do,' returned the lady hastily. Palmer's eyes glistened at the treasures exposed to his view. "'They are the jewels of countless price. "'Take them and rid me,' she added in a whisper, "'of him.' "'Luke Bradley?' "'Aye, give them to me. "'They are yours freely on those terms.' "'You hear that, Luke?' cried he aloud. "'You hear it? Titus, this is no robbery. "'Mr. Coates, know all men by these presents. "'I call you to witness. "'Lady Rookwood gives me these pretty things.' "'I do,' returned she, adding in a whisper. "'on the terms which I proposed. "'Must it be done at once, without an instant's delay, "'before your own eyes? "'I fear not to look on. "'Each moment is precious. "'He's off guard now. "'You do it, you know, in self-defence. "'And you? "'For the same cause. "'Yet he came here to aid you. "'What of that? "'He would have risked his life for yours. "'I cannot pay back the obligation. "'He must die. "'The document will be useless then.' "'Will not that suffice? Why aim at life?' "'You trifle with me. You fear to do it.' "'Fear?' "'About it, then. You shall have more gold.' "'I will about it,' cried Jack, throwing the casket to Wilder "'and seizing Lady Rookwood's hands. "'I am no Italian bravo, madam, no assassin, no remorseless cutthroat. "'What are you, devil or woman? Who asked me to do this?' "'Luke Bradley, I say.' "'Would you betray me?' cried Lady Rookwood. You have betrayed yourself, madam. Nay, nay, Luke, hands off. See, Lady Rookwood, how you would treat a friend. This strange fellow would blow out my brains for laying a finger upon your ladyship. I will suffer no injury to be done to her, said Luke. Release her. Your ladyship hears him, said Jack, and you, Luke, shall earn the value set upon your generosity. You will not have her injured. This instant she has proposed, nay, paid for your... "'Assassination!' "'How!' exclaimed Luke, recoiling. "'A lie! As black as hell!' cried Lady Rookwood. "'A truth! As clear as heaven!' retained Jack. "'I will speedily convince you of the fact.' "'Then, turning to Lady Rookwood, he whispered, "'Shall I give him the marriage document?' "'Beware!' said Lady Rookwood. "'Do I avouch the truth, then?' "'She was silent.' "'I am answered,' said Luke. Then leave her to her fate, cried Jack. No, replied Luke, she is still a woman, and I will not abandon her to ruffianly violence. Set her free. You are a fool, said Jack. Hurrah! Hurrah! The Coates, who had rushed to the window. Rescue! Rescue! They are returning from the church. I see the torchlight in the avenue. We are saved! Hell and the devil, cried Jack. Not an instant is to be lost. Alive, lads! Bring off all the plunder you can. Be handy. Lady Rookwood, I bid you farewell, said Luke, in a tone in which scorn and sorrow were blended. We shall meet again. We have not parted yet, returned she. Will you let this man pass? A thousand pounds for his life. Upon the nail? asked Rust. By the living God! If any of you attempt to touch him, I will blow his brains out upon the spot, be he friend or foe, cried Jack. Luke Bradley, we shall meet again. You shall hear from me. "'Lady Rookwood,' said Luke, as he departed, "'I shall not forget this night.' "'Is all ready?' asked Palmer of his comrades. "'All. Then budge. Stay!' cried Lady Rookwood, in a whisper to him. "'What will purchase that document?' Um, "'A thousand pounds. Double it. It shall be doubled. "'I will turn it over. Resolve me now. You shall hear from me.' "'In what manner?' "'I will find speedy means.' "'Your name is Palmer?' "'Palmer is the name he goes by, your ladyship,' replied Coates. "'But it is the fashion with these rascals to have an alias.' (laughs) "'Ha-ha!' said Jack, thrusting the ramrod into his pistol barrel. "'Are you there, Mr. Coates? Pay your wager, sir.' "'What wager?' "'The hundred we bet that you would take me if ever you had the chance.' "'Take you? It was Dick Turpin I betted to take. "'I am Dick Turpin. That's—' My alias, replied Jack. Dick Turpin, then I'll have a snap at you at all hazards, replied Coates, springing suddenly towards him. And I at you, said Turpin, discharging his pistol right in the face of the rash attorney. There's a quittance in full. End of chapter six, book two.